I've gotten a few comments tonight, and some are appreciated, some are not. I know what shirt I'm wearing. I know that I'm wearing the losing team of the Super Bowl, but I'm a fan for life. I'm not going to, yes, yes. I'm not going to give up. Bang, bang, till the day I die. You know what I mean? But I want to pose the question, when was the last time that you really felt loved? Some of y'all grew up in wonderful households, maybe with parents that loved you really well, or maybe some of you didn't. Maybe some of you have friends that love you very well, or maybe some of y'all don't. Or maybe you maybe have that one certain uh, special other one. What's the word? Girlfriend, boyfriend. Why did I forget about it? Boyfriend and girlfriend that loves you very well. Maybe Valentine's Day just came up. Maybe you got all dressed up. You got all your nice clothes on. You went down to Cane's, got yourself a box combo, had a nice little Valentine's Day date. Yes, you felt loved. Or maybe some of y'all got all dressed up and y'all didn't get taken out on a date, and so I just want to apologize. Uh, we're talking about love, so you are loved. But one of the first times like, I really felt loved by my, one of my friends was at my 16th birthday party. And I'm not like a big birthday party guy, but we went to go watch a lot of football games. And we were eating out um, at Mellow Mushroom in Texas. And my, my friend, uh, his name's Keaton, great guy. Um, he's kind of an interesting cat, and I think he would tell you that too. That he has sometimes like a weird way of showing love, and it's like you just got to understand him. Uh, Keaton grew up in a family where they were well. They didn't have to worry, but it was like his dad was kind of like Shaq. He's like, you're not rich, I'm rich. If nobody got that, no one knows who Shaq is, um, that's all right. Uh, but he had that mentality, and I'll never forget the first time he gave me a card, and it was a handwritten message, and it said, love you, idiot. Here's 50 bucks. And like to a 16-year-old, every one of us were 16 at one point. We knew we had it rough. You just get your license. You figure out that you got to pay for gas for the first time. You maybe got some insurance that you got to pay. So you, you ain't rolling in it, if you know what I'm talking about. So 50 bucks, that was a lot of money. That was like a big gesture. I felt loved by him because I knew that, that he had to work hard for it. It wasn't his dad that gave him to it. I felt loved in that moment. Another moment I felt loved is um, whenever I found out for the first time after getting married, whenever I get sick, apparently I'm a big baby. So apparently that it takes some effort to take care of me that I like to be cuddled in bed, not cuddled in bed, just snuggled up in bed by myself and taken care of till I feel better. And I felt loved because my wife served me in that moment. She used to, she'd give me all my medicine, make sure I was hydrated until I started feeling better. So I really want to ask you again, when was the last time that you were loved? How did it make you feel? Did you feel valued? Did you feel like you were worthy? that you were respected? How did you last feel loved? And maybe for some of you, that's a hard question because maybe you grew up in situations where love wasn't a great example for you. Maybe love was a weird thing that you saw your parents do um, in front of people, but whenever it was just you and your family, they didn't love you well. They didn't serve you well. Maybe that's how it's been with friendships or relationships. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Romans chapter eight. And while you're turning there, I'll give you a little bit of context. Also, if you have the Bible app, you can go to the events page and all the notes and Bible will be there as well. But in Romans chapter 8, this is written by Paul, and it's written to a church in Rome. And this is a place where Paul really wants to visit. He really wants to go here one day so that he can get to be in front of the people. He gets to spend time, build relationships with them. But he's writing at this point to stately, uh, to clearly state the gospel for them and address a couple of issues that have risen in the church that are causing division. And where we're going to be tonight, a lot of people think that Romans chapter 8 is one of the most loved passages in Scripture. And I really do think that it's because it really talks about how secure we can be with Jesus in our life. And I think so many people love this chapter because he starts off the chapter saying that, man, just because we are in Christ, we are not judged because of our sin. And that's a great truth 
about who we are in Christ. But if you jump down to the end of the chapter, starting in verse 38, Paul says this. He says, I am convinced that he he knows for sure that in his deepest, darkest heart of hearts, in his soul, that he knows what he is talking about, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing at all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that God has revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. And in this passage, we see that Paul makes it abundantly clear that nothing can separate us from the love that God has for you. And maybe you came in here and you don't feel loved by God. You think that because of maybe something that you did in your past, that God doesn't love you. Maybe that past might be 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes before you came into this room. Maybe it's your upbringing that makes you feel like you're not worthy of God's love. Maybe it's some of the decisions you make, maybe some things that happened to you that weren't even necessarily your fault, but maybe someone, the way they loved you, the way your parents, your friends, your relationships loved you, separated you from being able to be loved by God. But Paul makes clear, this guy who met Jesus on the road to Damascus makes clear that nothing, your fears, your misconceptions, your doubts, your worries, the things that stress you out, your anxieties can separate you from God's love. And he also makes this at the very end. He says, the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He says that, man, this love that God has for you that can't, nothing can separate you from is through Jesus. That how he shows you this love is through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Tonight we're kicking off a new series called What God Loves. And this first week we're going to talk about what God loves, and maybe you've caught a hint about it, and that is you. That there is a God in heaven, I don't know who needs to hear this, that loves you for who you are. That he believes that you are worthy of his love, that you are good, and he loves you, and he wants you. Maybe that's a message that you need to hear tonight. But as we go through the series, we're going to get to talk about so many different things that God loves, that we get the chance, because we are his own, to love as well. And you might be sitting here today, you maybe grew up in church, and you're asking the question, why is it important for us to know that there is a God in heaven that loves us? Because this might be a message that you heard in third grade Sunday school class, or this could maybe not be, maybe be your first time hearing this, but there is a God that loves you. And I think so many times, as we just read, we just read there's nothing that can separate you from God's love, but I believe that there's an enemy that wants to plant in your head that you're not worthy of God's love. He wants to tell you that because of your past, God doesn't love you. He wants to tell you because of your sin, maybe your former sin or sin that you're struggling with in this very moment, that God does not love you. And in John 10, 10, it says that there's a thief whose purpose, the reason he is here in this earth is to steal, kill, and destroy I really do think he's trying to steal your confidence that God loves you. He's trying to plant lies in your own head that you can't be used by God and you can't be loved by God. And through that, he's going to try to kill your worth and value. And through that, he's going to try to change your perspective. I think so many times he's going to plant misconceptions in our head about God's love. Maybe one of those being that his love is contingent on how we act. Whether I come to church or not, it is going to determine whether God is going to love me. How I treat my friends, how I treat my family, 
how I treat people in front of me, behind me. That's how God's going to love me. But that's not true. Another misconception is the more that I grow my faith, the more that I read my Bible, that I spend time in prayer, that I practice spiritual disciplines that we see in Scripture, is how God's going to love me. You also might think that if there's sin in your life, that that puts a barrier between you and God and his ability to love you. And maybe you might think, man, because of what I've done in life, I'm too far gone for God's love. And I think whenever the enemy plants these lies in our head, we get thrown into a bad attitude, a bad habit of thinking, where one side of us might say, man, I'm going to try to fill that void myself. If, if God doesn't love me, maybe I can love myself well enough to fulfill myself, therefore to love others, to be kind to others, to treat others how I want to be treated. Or maybe there's some of y'all on the whole other spectrum of that. And because you think God doesn't love you, you diminish your own worth and value. You think you're not worthy of God's love. But I, I tell you right now, God is so much bigger than that. He's so much bigger than our misconceptions, our doubts, our worries, our concerns, our questions. He wants us to be confident that we are loved by him. And he wants us to be confident that though the enemy is going to try to plant these misconceptions in our head, we can know that we are loved. And so whenever we are on this spectrum, whenever we say that, man, I'm not worthy of God's love, I'm not worthy uh, of anybody's love or anybody's respect, and my value is nothing, become really self-centered, and I think detrimental to other people around us. And y'all might be different, but who wants to hang around someone that doesn't like their value, that doesn't see the worth in themselves? Because I think that attitude and that thinking seeps out to you in front of you. I really do think that how you treat other people and how you treat yourself leaks. But on the whole other side of that, you have some people that are like, man, I'm going to treat myself. And some of y'all treat yourselves a little too well, if, if we're being honest. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like, I think you should have respect for yourself. I think you should treat yourself well. And I think, like, the words that you say to yourself matter. But with both of these scenarios that are birthed out of maybe how people treated you, how your misconceptions that came from the enemy, they form this very self-centered, selfish way of life. And these misconceptions, they are not part of God's plan. This selfish way of life, that's not a part of God's plan either. In fact, God showed so much love to Adam and Eve. That was his original plan, but sin entered the world, and sin corrupted that. And again, I'm going to say this all night. We can be confident. God wants to give us confidence that he loves us. If you weren't to get another thing from this message, this is the one thing I do want you to get down. If you're taking notes, we can be confident that there is a good God in heaven that loves you. Just think about that. There is at least one person in this whole earth, in this whole universe, in heaven and hell, that loves you. We can be confident. We can know deep down, like Paul said, that I am convinced, I am persuaded in his heart of hearts and soul, he knew how much he was loved by God because the way he experienced him, that there is a good God in heaven, a God that reigns over all heaven and earth that created everything, and he created it so beautifully that loves you, that cares for you, that wants to protect you, and that wants to carry you through life. This is what a couple things that the Bible says about God's love. It says that it's everlasting. It's never going to run out on you. In Psalms it says, but the love of the Lord remains forever. God's love is not going to run out on you. It's not going to run out on the people that you love. It's there to stay. 
It also, the Bible also says that his love is unfailing. It's never gonna fail you. It's never gonna let you down. The Bible also says, for the, lo- for the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever. And it also says somewhere in, in Psalms, it says that his unfailing love is better than life. Now, I love love. I love the opportunity to get to live and be with people. And it's hard to imagine that just this one aspect of his love is better than life itself. It says that his love is faithful. It's always with you. It's never going to leave you. It's never going to forsake you. His love is with you. It's faithful. And it's lastly, it's perfect. This is a love that's going to remain forever. And it, I, go, I would really go on to say that it's one of the loves that you need in your life. And why are we talking about this again? Because this God's love changed everything. Whenever sin entered the world, it separated us from a good and perfect God. Why? Because we've all sinned. We've all taken part of that. And what we earn from that is a separation from a good God. But if it wasn't for his love, and more specifically, his love for you, we wouldn't find healing. We wouldn't find life. But he loved us so much that he wanted to fix all of that through his son, Jesus. And despite knowing every little thing about you, this God in heaven that reigns supreme over everything loves you. He cares for you. He wants to protect you, and he wants you. But there's a last part of that little thing that I want you to remember this whole evening, that because there is a good God in heaven that loves us, that should change us. We shouldn't be the same. I'll never forget the first time I told my wife that I loved her. And some of y'all, you're like, oh, that's sweet. Some of y'all are like, okay, brother, um, keep on going. But the first time I told my wife I love her, she, and let me preface this, my wife would make a good businesswoman because she does not take no for an answer. That girl can get, drive her point home until she gets what she wants. And so there was one day where she was kind of nagging me. I do love her. Uh, she was nagging me a little bit, and I can't even remember what it was for. And just out of her nagging, I caved and instead of saying yes, I said, I love you. And I kind of like processed for a second. I was like, oh, that's not what I meant to say. But I was ready. I was at a point in our relationship where I was like, I do love you. I want to say that to you. I want you to know that I love you. So she reciprocated and she said, oh, I love you too. And she didn't even like catch the fact, luckily, that I was kind of annoyed. So it was a beautiful thing, beautiful moment. I love you, Sienna. But after she found out that she loved me or that I love her, if she realized that nothing changed, that I pursued her the same as I did before, that I served her the same as before, and I treated her the same as before, you could kind of question, man, does he, does he really love me? But whenever I said I loved you, I changed the way I pursued her. I changed the way I served her, that I treated her. Not anything that I was treating her bad before, but just because I loved her, I wanted to show her that much more how much she meant to me. And there's a God in heaven that wants to show you how much he loves you. He wants you to know deep down that you don't have to try to fill the love yourself because if you try to fill love yourself, that love's gonna run dry. You're not gonna be able to fill yourself up with enough love to love other people well, to treat other people well, to be outward focused, or on the other side of it, if you diminish your value or worth, where's that gonna lead you? God wants so much more for you than to question your worth and value and let these misconceptions, these lies from the enemy, or maybe the past, the way someone's treated you or someone's loved you, to affect the way God views, the way you affect how he loves you. So when I want to answer the question, how do we know 
that God loves us. Number one, he created you. The same God that said, let there be light. The same God that created this whole earth in six days. The same God that has kept this earth running for thousands of years thought of you. Just think about that for a second. That you were thought of by a big God who loves you and has created everything and anything in this world. Psalm 139 says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. And the same God that is Lord over all created you. And the cool thing is he didn't just create you, he created you in his own image. In Genesis it said, so God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. And I'm not trying to talk about genders or anything, but God created you. While you were still in your mother's womb, he formed you. He thought of you. He knew every single beautiful thing that he was going to create on you. And some of you are like, geez, thanks, God. But he really loves that. Why? Because he created that. And you were created to reflect his image. You're his image bearer. He created you to reflect him. I heard this quote from our pastor. He says, you were made by love and for love. By God's love, you were made, and you were made to love him. This is a big act of love. If he did not love you, he would not have thought of you. If God didn't love you, he wouldn't have created you. He wouldn't have knit you together in your mother's womb. He wouldn't have got you where you are today. God loves you so much that he created you. And because he, he made you in his own image, it's a beautiful thing, but kind of a scary thing. He knows every little thing about you. He knows your thoughts. He knows, he knows what you've done in this life. And despite all of that, and despite him knowing every detail of your life, the things that you've tried to hide from people, the things that you've tried to hide from God, who already knows, still loves you. He still loves that, the fact that he created you. He still loves the fact that he created you in his own image. Again, you were created by a good God for love. And one of the ways we can see that God loves us is he created us. Another way we can tell that God loves us is that he is carrying you through life. And I think of three, maybe four specific ways he is carrying you through life. First, he is guiding you through this life right now as shepherding. I want everyone to turn in their Bibles to Psalm 23. I want to read this whole chapter. It's only six verses. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. This is written by King David. He is the king of Israel over time. And there's a, quite a specific amount of time that he was not running, for, he was running from God, but running from his enemies. Verse two, he says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me aside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the, along the right path, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days my life, and I will live in your house of the Lord forever. Now, this is a passage maybe some of y'all know for a long time. We could get deep into it over a message, but that's not really what I want to do. I just want you to think, if there was not a God who loves you, 
would he be your shepherd? Would he be guiding you through life? Would he let you go to peaceful streams? It says that it's a peaceful area, that he's able to catch his breath. Would he be with you in the darkest valleys? Would he renew your strength? Would he overflow your cup with blessing? Or would he even pursue you with his goodness and his mercy and his love? There is a God in heaven that loves you so much that he is guiding you through life, shepherding you, showing you where to go, getting you to where you're at, even in this moment, that you're not here on accident. You're in this room for a reason and a purpose. Why? Because a good God brought you here. He also has good plans for you. The Bible says that we're his masterpiece, created new in Jesus for the good works that he has written for us long ago. He has plans for you. Whenever he created you, he knew exactly what you were going to do in this life. He knew the beautiful work that you would accomplish in his name. And he knew the beautiful things that you'd have the opportunity to do. He has good plans for you. And I think this next one is something that we never really think of that it's so mundane and irregular, that he is sustaining you. When was the last time you realized that you had to take a breath? When was the last time that something you think is muscle memory by now that you've had to think of? That is the Lord being good to you. And he's being good to you out of his love. He is giving you breath in your lungs. He is sustaining you because he loves you. There is a good God that is putting breath in my lungs and being able to speak. There's a good God that is giving me the right words to tell you right now. And there is a good God that is loving me, being kind to even just let me be in this position. He is sustaining us. And another way we know that he is carrying us through life is that he is working within us. The Bible says that whenever we accept Jesus, whenever we make him the Lord of our life for our sin, that he begins a good work within us. And I believe that he's working in your hearts, even as you're just sitting here listening to me speak, he's working within you. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't be guiding you through life. He, would, he wouldn't let you have another breath. He wouldn't work in you, and he wouldn't have good plans for you. God loves you so much that he is carrying you through life, getting you to where you be, need to be. And some of you are like, Man, I've been through some of the roughest seasons recently in my life, and maybe that's part of sin, and maybe that's God's plan for you to teach you something, but he is never going to fail you or forsake you. His love is with you forever. Again, if God didn't love you, he wouldn't be carrying you through life. Third way that we know that God loves us is that he paid the highest price for us. Romans 5.8 says, but God showed his great love for us, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, some of y'all are reading this, you're like, man, I've made that decision to trust Jesus. But some of y'all have realized, man, I might be that sinner. And in fact, we're all that sinners. And while Jesus knows and God knows maybe the worst sins that we've ever done, the things that we hope no one in this life ever finds out about, he sent his son Jesus to die for you for those sins. God loves you so much that he didn't want you to be suffering from your sin. He wants to heal you. He doesn't want your sin to kill you. He wants to give you life. He wants you to live in freedom from your sin. And he did this through sending his son Jesus, who left heaven in his position and honor and glory to be our servant, to live a perfect life that um, we're probably going to never live. And I say probably like We have a chance. We really don't because we sin every day. But God loves you so much that he didn't want to leave you where you were at. He sent his son Jesus to die for you. 
He loves you so much that he didn't want you to struggle in sin. He wants you to live free from it. And again, I've been saying this the whole time, if God didn't love you, he wouldn't send his son Jesus knowing every single darkest thing about you. God loves you so much. But we can be confident that God didn't just simply create us in his image, that he didn't just carry us through life, and that he didn't just pay the highest price. He loves everything about us. We can be confident in that. But because we know that God loves us, this isn't a one-way relationship. It shouldn't be. We're very grateful that he loves us, but knowing that there's a good God in heaven that loves us, that loves us with everything despite the worst things about us, that should change us. Like I said earlier with the story of how I told my wife that I loved her, if I didn't change anything, could you say that I really loved her? And again, luckily, God loves us whether we love him or not. He is chasing us. He is pursuing us. He is guiding us through life. But I really do think that if we want to love God well, that should change us. That we should love what he loves. That the things that we see in scripture that maybe are hard for us to be about to love, we should love. And a few things that should change us about God's love is, number one, we should love and know God. If we know that there's a God that created us, that is carrying us, that paid the highest price for us, we should be in a relationship with him. We should spend our time communicating with him. If you were here Sunday, Pastor Eddie kind of talked about how to be in a relationship, in a friendship. He said you should spend time with them. You should be honest with them. And you should submit to them. And now these are all things of being in a relationship. We should strive to be intimate with God, to communicate with him about everything, the highest of highs and the things that we're in the valley about. That he loves us so much, he wants to be in a relationship with us. Second, we should change. We should change the way we love things. We should love the things he loves. And we should view life through his love. And now, this is a very hard thing for me. I'm not patient all the time. I would hate, I'd love to say that I was kind all the time, but I know that's not reality. But God loves you. He loves people. So I should be loving people. I should treat them with kindness. And I should view them the way God views them and treat them how God treats them. Another thing that might be difficult, God loves life. If he didn't love life, he wouldn't have created you. And he wouldn't have created humanity as a whole. I should love life. I should be authentic about life. I should be excited whether I'm going through the hardest things or the happiest things. I should know that there's a God beside me walking through it with me. I should love life and view life like he does. Those are the kind of the things we're gonna talk about in the next few weeks. But lastly, how God's love should change us is we should share the love he has for us with others. That there are people in your spheres of influence, people you have relationships with, friendships with, that are going through hard things and they're trying to look for everything and anything, whether that's people, a relationship, a friendship, an addiction, to fulfill them. They're looking to find love anywhere so that they can feel like they're enough. And if you know that God loves you so much, why wouldn't you tell your friend that? Why wouldn't you tell your parent, your sibling, that is looking for love in all the wrong places, but there's a good God in heaven that loves you, that cares for you, that wants the best for you, that is protecting you in this very moment. 
Just think about that. There's a God that's protecting you in this moment. Why? Because he loves you. We should share that with other people. He, he, he loved us enough to share Jesus with us. Then, therefore, we should go and share Jesus with people. And maybe you're here and you're like, man, I don't feel loved enough. Maybe you're in one of those camps that maybe you try to treat yourself self-love a lot. Or maybe you don't think God loves you, so you don't see your worth and value. God loves you so much that while we were still sinners, that while we were separated from God's love, from God, not his love, separated from God, he sent his son Jesus to die in your place. And the only way we're gonna get to experience God's love is through Jesus. In John 14, Jesus tells his disciples that I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you wanna experience God's love, if you wanna live in light of it, and if you wanna turn from trying to find love yourself, follow Jesus. Jesus is the only way, his way is God's love is revealed through Jesus. Would you, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just wanna take a moment and pause and have you think, man, have I ever decided to follow in Jesus? Maybe you're hearing your examples for love were not great. Maybe people that you've loved in the past have hurt you. So you think God doesn't love you. Maybe it's because of your sin. Maybe the sin that you've struggled with in the past, whether you're struggling with right now, you think that separates you from him. God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus. He sent somebody that he loved. He sent his family to die for you. If you really want to experience that love, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I'm separated from a good God. Jesus, would you come into my heart and give me life? If that's something that you, that you pray just now, I just want to celebrate that with that you are experiencing God's love because you experienced the greatest love in this lifetime, which God revealed through Jesus. And maybe you're here and you have a misconception of love. Maybe you think God doesn't love you. We're gonna have a team down here that wants to pray with you, that, that wants to show you that Jesus is the way to experience God's love. And they wanna tell you the truth, that no matter how far gone you are, that you feel how much sin that you feel like separates you from God, you are running into his love. That God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you while we were still sinners. God, I love you. I pray that in this time of response that we would just be confident, that we'd leave here with confidence that you love us, God. And I pray that that would change every single one in this room, that we know that you love us. In return, that, that should make us look different. That should make us love you different. That should make us love other people different, God. I pray that we'd be changed by your love. We ask all this in Jesus' name.